Blessings in Christ, I'm Scott Roberts. Blessings in Christ is also the Church of Christ, preaching the gospel of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, of he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. The Church of Christ is scriptural in name, Romans 16, 16, scriptural in origin, Colossians 1, 18, scriptural in doctrine, 1 Timothy 4, 16, and scriptural in practice, James 1 and 22. Our lesson today is by Joey Fox from Beattyville, Kentucky. And he is bringing us a two-part lesson on drifting away. You know, the world seems to be uh, drifting away and moving farther and farther away from the truth of the gospel every single day. But a Christian in the Lord's church, the Church of Christ, must be steadfast, unmovable, and always abounding in the work of the Lord. We pray that the church can still save souls by preaching the gospel and that more souls will come to repentance. Once again, Joey Fox is bringing a two-part lesson on drifting away. We hope that you enjoy the lesson, and please like us on Facebook. Thank you.
One was called Drifting with the Tide, which will be a lot of what this lesson is about. And the other one was called Drifting Away. And then the other one was called Influence. And I got to thinking about how all the mesh together. And the world could be living in. I've been traveling this week. And I traveled to Kansas City and when we got there, it was busy all day and uh, some reason I got sick that night. I don't know if it was from the travel or whatever. I got a real bad headache, so I sat up for a long time. Well, the next morning I got up and I got to thinking about reading the Bible. You know, most of the time I take and read my Bible and I'd read it the day before, but I thought, I'd check around and see if the, they had any Bibles in, in the hotel room. I looked in every drawer and, you know, how most most of the old hotels would have a, a Bible that the Gideons give out. I know it ain't exactly don't word for word what the King James Version is, but, you know, they've even took the Bibles out of out of the places that you stay. I, I know you can get it anywhere, but I got to thinking about how how we've lost the Lord. We've lost the gospel all the way around. And this, these lessons come to mind. So he says here that we're supposed to be steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain. You know, that's the thing as a Christian, sometimes we think our labor is in vain. You preach lesson after lesson after lesson. And it don't seem like there's no fruit. But there is. We, we should be edified and built up in the most holy faith. Um, in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1 through 4 it says, Therefore we, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. And I think that's a lot of what the world has done. Us as Christians too sometimes. We let the word slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast. And every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Which at the first begun to be spoken by the Lord. And was confirmed unto us by them that heard him, and God bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders, and with divers miracles, and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. It's his own will. You know, I was looking through last night as well, I was looking through that book that Scott gave us from uh, Brother Furl. And I, I got to looking through the lessons, and one of the lessons that he was preparing he said they'd been an accident. And it was his, I believe it was his sister and his brother-in-law and another lady was in an accident. And they went to the hospital where they was at. Two of them were in very serious condition and said the, the man that came in that was the, the husband of the other lady came in and said he was a, a preacher of some sort and said he would like to pray. And said he began to pray and he began to pray, I demand that these get better. I demand that you do this. I demand that you do that. 
But then he got to thinking, Brother Furrow's writing said, we don't do that. We don't demand that the Lord do this or do that. He, we do it after His will. It's His will whether we get better or whether we do this or whether we do that. It's His will. We better be careful that we're not drifting away from that. That we think that we can make this or that happen. The Scriptures. In 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 and 17 it says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. It will take care of everything. It may not give us, like we've always said, it's not going to give us what we want. It will provide exactly what we need. Nothing more, nothing less. He says it, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And then in James chapter 2 and verse 10 it says, For whosoever shall keep the whole law, and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. That's the thing we need to be very scared of, right? It says in another scripture, I didn't write it down, but if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and sinner appear? If we barely make it, that's the best that we can do. We're striving for perfection, yes, but He's furnished us everything that we have need of to be that perfect and thoroughly furnished in all good works. In 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 1 and 2, it says, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and enemies and all evil speaking, as newborn, newborn babes desiring the sincere milk of the word, that we may grow thereby. I dare say that there's some Christians that they never get off the sincere milk. They want to stay in that state of, of, of babe. We got to grow. We don't want, you know, when you bring a child into the world, you think that there's something wrong with them if they don't start to grow after a while. You get them food and you give them raiment and all that they have need of. If they don't start to grow, we're in big trouble. You know something's wrong. You need to take them to the doctor. Well, when we don't start to grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord, we ought to know that there's something wrong with us and look toward the book, the Scriptures. They'll help us to keep from drifting from one place to the other and they'll put us right where we need to be. Well, the next thing we want to talk about is our works. In Titus chapter 3 and verse 1 and 2, it says, Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, and to be ready to every good work, to speak evil of no man, to be, to be no brawlers, gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. Now I know, I know that that's an awful hard thing to do, to be meek and showing meekness, not being ready to brawl. It seems like in this day and age, that's all they want to do is brawl. But we're to be gentle, showing all meekness. And what did he say? Ready to every good work. Uh, I think that's where we, we come short. We're not looking to every good work. In Acts chapter 6 and verse 1 through 4, it says, And in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplied, 
There arose a murmuring of the Grecian, Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily administration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. I know this is an example, but there was a dispute amongst them. But did they brawl or go about it? No, they got together and they figured out exactly what they was going to do about it. And he said, they were continual in prayer and in ministry to the Word. They weren't going to give up on that. They were going to do exactly what they needed to do to get this done and to help these that were neglected in the daily administration. We need to think about that. Are we, are our works such as that this? Then in Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 1 through 6, it says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms and of the laying on of hands and of the resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. And this will we do if God permit. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come if they shall fall away to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucified to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. He says, this will we do if God permit. God is the one that's in control. And he says here, to, we shouldn't fall away. We better be careful that we're not falling away. We can't renew ourselves. God's not going to go back and send his son again and have him to be crucified again. No, friends. He's done it once and for all. And that's it. There is no more, no more action that he's going to do. It's up to us that we'll take it and use what he's given us in his word. And then in Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 30 it says, the fruit, the fruit of righteousness is a tree of life, and he that wins souls is wise. We need to be out winning souls. Try to get those in that would want to come to the gospel. Get them to come to the gospel. There's, you turn on the radio this morning, we turn on the radio coming here, and there's many, many stations that's giving out their version of what the word is. When you pass down the street coming here, and there's many, many establishments that are established on another foundation. But guess what? We got the true foundation, the one and only. But yet, I feel like, and even myself, I feel like we're afraid to 
proclaim that foundation that we set on. We've forgotten where we come from, so to speak. Are we just drifting out there hoping that we'll make it to the other shore? If we don't do the things that He asked us to do, we may not make it to the right kind of shore that we're looking for. Where God will be on that side. The next thing we're going to look at is the world. In 2 John chapter 1 and verse 8 through 11, it says, Look to yourselves that ye lose not those things which ye have brought, but that ye that we receive a full reward. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him God's speed, for he that biddeth him God's speed is a partaker of his evil deeds. You know, these people, they come and they want to give you a good story. How that you can just believe and receive or, or just fall down on your knees today and pray. Well, that don't compute in my Bible. He says, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And we got to show fruits of our labors. Our works have to be such that it's His will, not mine, not any of the brethren here. It's not our opinion. It's how He wants us to do it. In 1 John chapter 2 and verse 15 through 17, it says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but it is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. We're going to abide forever somewhere, yeah, for sure. This soul we talked about in Bible study this morning, the mind, the soul, and the heart. Our souls will live on somewhere forever. But do we want it to be in a place that is in peace and joy and love and happiness? Or do we want to be in that place of torment? He says to love not the world. You think about all the things in the world. There's many nice things out there. New cars and uh, going to football games and all these things that are out there. But... All that stuff is of the world. Eventually it's going to pass away. But all that's going to stand when the world's on fire is His Word. His Word and whether our name is written in the book of life. I want my name to be there. I don't know about you. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 24 through 26 it says, By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of reward. Now, that's an Old Testament example, but think about that. He could have been called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He was called that. But he could have been a king if he really wanted to in the Egyptian land. But he chose rather to be with the, the children of God. 
and to do those things was right. Giving up all that. That's the thing that we got to look at. What, what's the reward? The reward is a home in heaven in the after a while, right? That's what we're all looking for. If you're not looking for that, boy, you're wasting your time. We need to be putting our time forth to, to, to that, to get that, making the steps that we need to get that. Well, then we got to look at this drifting. Do we want to be like those that turn back? Turning back. In Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25 through 27, <clears throat> it says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. For if we see, seeing willfully after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful looking up for of judgment and fiery indignation, which shall devour the adversaries. He's coming after those that have not obeyed him, and do not the things that he has asked. That's that fiery indignation. He's angry, friends, at those that are not doing doing the things that they're supposed to. We can't see that, but guess what? It's there. We're not doing the things that God asked us to do if we're a disobedient child of His or if we're, we have never obeyed. We're, we're disobedient. We're not doing the things that he, he has asked us to do. I always think about that when I was little. You never wanted to, to get in trouble, right? That's, that, that's the whole idea is not get in trouble. But when you did, you felt so awful, right? I felt like, oh, but if I could get away with it, oh, that's great. That's what people think today. They think they've gotten away with it. But when they wake up on the other side, I'm afraid that they're going to realize that their name ain't written there. And they're going to be in just as bad a shape when they was doing the things that they should. We better not turn back. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21 through 25, it says, for even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye sh should follow his steps. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. For ye were as sheep going astray, but are now turned unto the shepherd and bishop of your sons. He did all these things for us, that we would have this opportunity, this opportunity, he, you know, he suffered. He was threatened. Uh, and he committed it to him that judges righteously. Leaving it up to him. That's the example that we need to follow. That's the example that we need to follow. In 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 28 through 22, it says, For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world, 
through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. They are again entangled therein and overcome. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had been, had been better for them to not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it is happened unto them according to the true proverb. The dog is turned to his own bobbin again, and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. This is a picture of one that has turned back, that has went back into the world. He goes, they've turned back. They've turned away from the holy commandment. And it's the true proverb. You know that? We had pigs over here in the hollow. I don't know that they was ever washed, but I'd say if they ever was, they'd go right back to that big old mud hole.